Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate girl bomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Encyclopedia Womanica. Today's storyteller was a fierce activist, writer, and composer who fought relentlessly for Native American rights and enfranchisement. She's known for being the first Native American person to write an opera, and her commitment to advocacy for indigenous people led to the passing of major legislation. Let's talk about Zitkala Shaw. Sitkala Shaw was born Gertrude Simmons on February 22, 1873, on the Yankton Indian Reservation in South Dakota. Her father, a white European-American man, left her mother to raise Sitkala Shaw and her siblings alone. As members of the Yankton Sioux tribe, Sitkala Shaw's mother ensured her children's upbringing was steeped in Indian culture and traditions. Zitkala Shaw's deep love and appreciation for her heritage started when she was young. Her main method of learning during her early years was through observation and imitation of her mother and other female elders of the tribe. When Zitkala Shaw was eight years old, she was handpicked to go to the White's Indiana Manual Labor Institute, a Quaker missionary boarding school in Wabash, Indiana. Her mother objected to her leaving home, but Zitkala Shaw convinced her it would be for the best. At that time, the U.S. government restricted Native access to work and education opportunities. Zitkala Shaw had no idea the Institute would be such a complete culture shock. During her time at the Institute, Zitkala Shaw was forced to give up her Dakota culture. She was forced to speak only English, she was indoctrinated with Christianity, and she was required to dress in more traditional Western uniforms. A pivotal moment in her formative years was when the school officials cut her long, thick hair, a sign of strength in the Sioux culture, against her will. It was at this moment that Zitkala Shaw recalled losing her spirit and her Indian identity. After three years, Zitkala Shaw left the school and returned to the reservation, but the damage had been done. As a result of the Institute's efforts to dismantle her native culture and replace it with whiteness, Zitkala Shaw no longer felt she belonged at home. 
she went back to the school a few years later and graduated in 1895. She got her first taste of activism when she gave a graduation speech on the importance of women's rights. In a step toward taking back her power and independence, she changed her name from Gertrude to Zitkala Shah, which means red bird in the Lakota dialect. Zitkala Shah accepted a scholarship to Earlham College in Richmond, Indiana, where she spent two years studying piano and violin and collecting stories from native tribes. Unfortunately, much of her time at Earlham was spent in isolation, as the predominantly white student body was prejudiced and discriminatory. In 1897, Zitkala Shah took her talents to the New England Conservatory of Music to further her study of the violin. The conservatory allowed her to fully express her creativity and artistic abilities. When she was 23 years old, Zitkala Shah took a post as a music teacher at the Pennsylvania Carlisle Indian Industrial School. She realized relatively quickly that Carlisle was a more destructive version of White's Indiana Manual Labor Institute. And she began to publish essays about the intentional and forceful relocation of American Indian people. Her candid criticism of the boarding school led to her reassignment as a recruiter. Zitkala Shaw's assignment of returning to the Yankton Reservation to recruit more students granted her the opportunity to bear witness to the devastation of her home. It was then occupied by white settlers at the hands of the federal government. She directed her rage into her writing and got her work concerning the inhumane and dangerous nature of these boarding schools printed in national magazines like the Atlantic Monthly and Harper's Monthly. Shortly after these articles were published, Sitkala Shaw was fired. In 1901, despite their estrangement, Zitkala Shah returned home to look after her sick mother. She made a living working as an issue clerk at the Standing Rock Reservation. This is where she met her husband, Captain Raymond T. Bonin, who was also from the Yankton Sioux tribe. The couple married on May 10, 1902, and moved to Uinta and Ore Reservation in Utah, where they had their only child, Raymond Ohia Bonin. Between 1900 and 1902, Zitkala Shah published Old Indian Legends, a rich collection of retold Dakota stories, and a series of autobiographical short stories, including An Indian Teacher Among Indians, Impressions of an Indian Childhood, and A Warrior's Daughter. These stories portrayed characters who endured the struggles of Native people and told of their resolve to persevere beyond assimilation. In 1910, Zitkala Shah collaborated with Brigham Young University professor William Hansen. Three years later, the two produced the Sundance Opera, the first American Indian written opera. It honored Native American tradition by using music to exalt sacred tribal dances and religious rituals. It was staged 15 times across Utah, using a mix of a Native and non-Native cast. The opera was a representation of personal devotion and sacrifice. Zitkala Shah also spent her time in Utah serving as the secretary of the Society for American Indians and as the editor of its journal, American Indian Magazine. Its mission was to preserve Native American culture and to advocate for American citizenship. Zitkala Shah tried to work in tandem with the Bureau of Indian Affairs, where her husband worked, but her public criticism of the Bureau's assimilation practices led to both of their dismissals. 
The family moved to Washington, D.C. in 1916 in the hopes of making more progress and advocating for Native American rights. Sitka Lashaw devoted her life to traveling across the country, giving speeches condemning assimilation and championing American citizenship and suffrage for indigenous people. She stood firm in her belief that without voting rights and citizenship, Indians were prisoners of war in the United States. Her dedication to the movement resulted in the passing of the Indian Citizenship Act in 1924, granting U.S. citizenship to Native Americans. It did not guarantee the right to vote. Zitka Lashaw and Raymond then founded the National Council of American Indians, which worked to join hands with tribes across the U.S. to secure Native suffrage. She served as the council's president for 12 years. Sitka Lashaw died on January 26, 1938, at the age of 61, just three months before the New York premiere of the Sundance Opera. She's buried in Arlington National Cemetery next to her husband. Her legacy lives on in the continuing fight for indigenous rights today. Sitka Lashaw believed that the answer to Native issues lay in the power of Native people themselves. Through her work, she preserved American Indian stories and Native traditions. This was our final episode of our month of storytellers. But our ode to the power of the written word continues. On Monday, we're starting a brand new monthly theme. We're keeping our attention on a similar field. For February, we're talking about journalists. For more on why we're doing what we're doing, check out our newsletter, Womanica Weekly. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Encyclopedia Womanica. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. Talk to you on Monday. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate girl bomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.